Thank you so much, Chesh. You can grab a seat. Ah, wonderful. What a special day to be a part of. That's great. Well, good morning, Church. Morning. It's great to be with you this morning. Isn't it great to be in the house of God? Absolutely. I drove an hour and 40 minutes to be in the house of God today. Anyone come further than that? Oh, you did. <laughs> well done. I thought I'd win the chocolate, but you win the chocolates. Well done. How far? How many hours? Over two hours. Over two hours to get to church this morning. You love the house of God too. That's all. Uh, but it is it's so good to be with you this morning. And look, I just want to start this morning by uh, taking the opportunity to thank your amazing, faithful, ten-year serving senior pastors, Pastor Jeremy and Anita, for the opportunity to be able to speak with you for a few minutes about the work of compassion, the Christ-centered, church-based, child-focused organization who have been releasing children from poverty in Jesus' name for over 70 years. But look, as well as thanking Pastor Jeremy and Anita, I also want to take a moment to celebrate with you, church. If we can get ready with those uh, that next slide. Because I'm not sure if you're aware or not, but as families and individuals within Vineyard Christian Church, you guys are right now in this moment helping 24 children to be released from a life of poverty. That is amazing. Any any more poppers out there? You got a popper let it off here. That is brilliant. Yeah, throw the confetti up. That's it. That is brilliant. With most of those children being from the island of Alor in Indonesia, if we can go to that next slide. That's it. It's just above um, East Timor there. Uh, and that's where the majority of the children that you're helping are from. There's also some from around the world as well. And so if you are currently sponsoring a child with compassion, or you have done in the past, I want to say thank you. Thank you for your support and thank you for your generosity. And on behalf of Compassion, I want to say thank you, Vineyard Christian Church, for your partnership. You really are making a difference in the lives of these children. But not only are you making a difference in the lives of these children, but you're also inspiring their family as well and resourcing their local church. Because I think the easiest way I can describe the program to you of how Compassion works is it's it's kind of like this supercharged Sunday school on a Saturday. And so in the community, there might be three or four hundred children from the community that come to their local church on Saturday morning. And that's where they receive their, their meals. That's where they receive their... Uh, their medical care and dental care and and if they need tutoring with their schoolwork they get that and and then they break up in age appropriate groups where they learn about stranger danger and hygiene and how to have healthy relationships but most importantly that's where they learn about Jesus They, they are enrolled in this holistic discipleship program that helps them become the people that God had always called them to be And I think that's the easiest way to describe it. 
is this supercharged Sunday school that happens on a Saturday. And then they're invited with their families back to church the next day if they want to come. So it really is making a difference in the lives of these children. But does it work? Does it really make that much of a difference in these kids' lives? I want to show you a video right now of some former sponsored children who are adults now living this amazing life, coming out of the depths of poverty and living this amazing life. And they were actually asked to go back and write a letter to their original sponsors to let them know what's happening with their life now. So if we could play that first video, thanks. We're here today, and we are going to ask you to write one last letter to your sponsor. All those years ago, discussing them up on who you are today. Dear Brian and Amy Clark, it has been 21 years since I graduated from the Compassion Center. The day I found out that you had become my sponsor was one of the best days of my life. At first, it was unbelievable that somebody wanted to help us. People told us that we will never be somebody in this life. Not one person I knew believed in me, and poverty was my forever reality. But your decision to sponsor me changed all that. We knew for sure we would be receiving practical benefits like food, medical care, school supplies, and even uniforms every year. I got my first ever gift, which was my first pair of shoes. But there were some things we didn't expect. Learning about Jesus changed my perspective and helped me make good decisions. Or see my church reach out to my community and see it change. In your first letter, you told me the phrase, we love you. It was the first time I ever heard that. You gave me an opportunity to believe hope and dream again. If only you knew how your prayers made a huge difference. From not being expected to complete primary school, I now teach in one of the best schools in the city. Jesus saved us and saved my dad. I want you to know it made a difference. Sponsorship changed who I am today. My family's life has changed for the better. If only you knew how much all you did impacted You'd be so proud of who I have become. Ten years ago, when you stood beside me as the best man in my wedding, it was one of the highlights of my life. You did it, Jan. We did it. Thank you for pouring into me and sponsoring me. Thank you. Thank you. Sincerely, Maria Mujer. Sincerely, Paulin Yataka. Sincerely, Liz Ria. With love, Sandy Mike. amazing video to see what these children as adults are now doing but it's also heartbreaking to hear things like people told us we would never be somebody in this life not one person I knew believed in me when you wrote in your letter we love you that was the first time I had heard that phrase it's hard to imagine, isn't it? 
It's hard to imagine kids growing up with that kind of internal narrative, that kind of internal voice speaking to them day after day. But the sad reality is for a lot of these children growing up in extreme poverty, that's exactly what they're being told every day. You're a burden. You're a burden on your family. You're a burden on society. You have no future. You have no hope. You just don't matter. That's what these kids are being told. But then compassion comes alongside the local church that's already in their community and introduces these kids to a sponsor. Someone like you, someone like me, who begins to write letters to these kids and lets them know that they do matter, that they matter to God and they matter to us. And it excites me that not only are you guys at this moment sponsoring 24 children, but in the last 12 months, there's been 109 letters exchanged between you and the sponsored children in the last 12 months, which is just awesome because we... I would encourage you, church, never underestimate the power of the letters that you write to these children. They value them so, so much. And I'm actually going to give you an opportunity at the end of today to to not only have an opportunity to sponsor a child, but also an opportunity to write a letter to your child. I've got everything set up there with a Polaroid camera. Who remembers Polaroid cameras? (laughs) When was the last time you used a Polaroid camera? But we've got a Polaroid camera there where we, you can write a letter, we'll take your photo and we'll put that together. We'll send that away on your behalf because I want to encourage you. Sometimes in the busyness of life, we forget about these kids. But I want to encourage you, these kids never forget about you. You are changing their life every day. And so writing a letter is a wonderful opportunity to make a difference in their lives. I want to encourage you in what you're doing, church. You really are making a difference in the life of these kids. And when I look across this room this morning, I see a church full of people who have the opportunity to make a difference in the life of a child living in poverty. Why do I believe that? Why do I believe that we can make a difference in the lives of these kids? It's because I believe that we are the church. We are the church that Jesus said he would build. We are the church that the Bible describes as the bride of Christ, a dwelling in which God lives by his spirit. We are a house of prayer for all nations. And I love how in Luke 15, the parable of the prodigal son, the father's house is described as A house full of music and dancing, salvation and restoration. And in Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, as a church, we are described as God's vehicle, God's method, His way of showing the world who He is. In Ephesians chapter 3, verse 10, it says, His intent is now through the church, not through the government. Not through some special ministry or minister, but through the church, through ordinary people like you and I. His intent is now through the church. 
the manifold, the diverse, varied, and multifaceted wisdom of God should be made known to the rulers and authorities in the heavenly realms according to his eternal purpose, which he accomplished in Christ Jesus, our Lord. I think that scripture makes it pretty clear that as the church in Christ, we are the people that God has chosen to partner with to show a broken and hurting world who He is. I want to say that again because if you don't remember anything else this morning, I want you to walk out remembering this. That as the church in Christ, we are the people, you and I are the people that God has chosen to partner with to show a broken and hurting world who He is. To show a broken and hurting world His kindness, His love, and His compassion. So how do we do it? It's like, whoa, that's a big statement, Pastor Dan, but how do we do it? How do we show the world who God is? Well, obviously there's many different ways that we can do that, but one I want to look at today is found in Luke chapter 10. I want to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan. And the reason I want to look at the parable of the Good Samaritan is because I believe that it is one of, if not the most well-known Bible story, even outside church world. I mean, if you walk down the street of Sandthorpe today and said to someone, just a random stranger who is not in church, and said, what do you think a Christian should be like? that probably say something like, well, probably a bit like Jesus or a bit like that Good Samaritan guy. It's almost like the universally well-known verse of story of love in action. It's the gold standard of love in action. And so when we read the story of the Good Samaritan through those eyes of showing the world who God is, I want us to uh, just read this together real quick. Luke chapter 10, verse 30. In reply, Jesus said, A man was going down from Jerusalem to Jericho when he was attacked by robbers. They stripped him of his clothes, beat him, and went away, leaving him half dead. A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So too, a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, passed by on the other side. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him, bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. Then, then he put the man on his own donkey, brought him to an inn, and took care of him. The next day he took out two denarii and gave it to the innkeeper. Look after him, he said, and when I return, I'll reimburse you for any extra expense you may have. Which of these three do you think was a neighbour to the man who fell into the hands of the robbers? The expert of the law replied, the one who had mercy on him. Jesus told him, go and do likewise. Go and do likewise. I want to pray for a moment. Father, I pray that you speak to our hearts this morning. Father, I pray that you show us how we too can go and do likewise in our, our communities, in our families and beyond. Holy Spirit, speak to us this morning, I pray, and teach us 
how we too can be a good neighbor. In Jesus' name. Amen. Man, I don't know about you, but when I read this parable of the Good Samaritan, through those eyes of showing a broken and hurting world who God is, there's two thoughts always come to my mind. Two thoughts. Number one, to really show a hurting and broken world who Jesus is and who, who God is, we need to, number one, take people on a journey. We need to take people on a journey. But a Samaritan, as he travelled, he came where the man was. And when he saw him, he took pity on him. I love that thought. He came where the man was. I believe to help a broken and hurting world and to show them the love of the Father, we need to meet them where they are at. We need to go where they was. We need to come where they are and meet them exactly where they are at. Not hold them to the standard of where we are at. Meet them where they are at and invite them on a journey. I've always loved how Jesus gathered his followers and made his disciples. It was always through this simple invitation. Come follow me. Come follow me. Come follow me. Let's walk down the road together. Let me tell you about how the kingdom of God works. Come follow me and let's eat meals together and I'll explain the Father's heart towards you. Come follow me and I'll show you and I'll see your life changed forever. Come follow me. Inviting people on a journey. That's how we show the Father's heart. It's about a journey. And I, I don't know about you, but I am so glad that when I was a 23-year-old young man, feeling a lot like this guy who was beat up in this, in this parable. As a 23-year-old young man, feeling pretty beat up, pretty ripped off, feeling overlooked and undervalued. I'm so glad that Jesus met me where I was at and invited me on a journey. To know the Father and know Him more. And I believe that some people, you need to hear that this morning. You need to be reminded that you're on a journey. And as long as your heart is to know the Father, as long as your heart is to follow Jesus, the journey's not over yet. You might be feeling like you've made mistakes. You might even feel like giving up at times. I would encourage you, as long as you persevere and don't give up, you're still on that journey. And God's still got plans for your life. And we need to encourage others to come on that journey as well. That's my first thought. To really show a hurting and broken world who the Father is, we need to, number one, invite them on a journey to get to know Him. And the second thing we need to do, even before we get to invite them on a journey, we need to, number two, we need to choose to engage. We need to choose to engage with the hurting and the broken. Verse 31, it says, A priest happened to be going down the same road, and when he saw the man, he passed by on the other side. So to a Levite, when he came to the place and saw him, he passed by on the other side. 
But a Samaritan, as he traveled, came where the man was, and when he saw him, he took pity on him. He went to him and bandaged his wounds, pouring on oil and wine. I tell you, church, to truly show a broken and hurting world who the Father is, we need to not just have sympathy with people's pain, not just empathize with people's pain and brokenness. We actually need to engage with it. We actually need to roll up our sleeves. We need to meet them where they're at and we need to invite them on a journey and we actually need to engage where people are at. I always remember a a great principle that I learned from a leadership podcast from a guy called John Maxwell. It was a few years ago and and it was a leadership podcast, so it's obviously talking to leaders, but I believe that it actually applies to you and I as well. And the, the comment that John Maxwell made was, anybody can dazzle from a distance, but impact can only be made up close. I believe that same principle applies for you and I, especially in this story, like in the context of the priest and the Levite, They would look dazzling in their religious robes, their scrolls under their arm, their Bible knowledge, their reputation. They would have looked dazzling from the other side of the road. But from the other side of the road, they made zero impact on that man's situation. But the Samaritan, he was the one that made the impact in that man's life because he chose to engage in that hurt. He chose to engage in that mess. He chose to engage in that brokenness. And he was the one that brought the change. I remember when I was grade one at school, six years old, a friend of mine invited me to his house for a swim. And you've got to understand that in the early 80s, in Toowoomba, where I lived, anyone who had a backyard swimming pool, they were the cool kids. They were the kids that had a tuck shop every week. They were the kids that had all the cool toys. So when he invited me to his house for a swim one day, I was like, yeah, let's do it. Love to go for a swim to your house. And so the day came and I went to his house and he got changed and he's swimming around in his pool. And I got changed and I was heading towards the pool and his mum said to me, oh, do you know how to swim? Because I've got some floaties if you like. Who remembers those big yellow blow up floaties? So I've got some floaties for you if you like. And I said, no, no, it's okay. I know how to swim. Because at that point in my life, I'd had two swimming lessons. So I'm like, yeah, I'll be all right. I know how to swim. So I ran and I jumped in that pool and I found out very quickly that I didn't know how to swim. (laughs) And so I was kicking and thrashing frantically trying to keep myself up. I reckon I kept myself up for about 15 seconds. Felt like about an hour and a half, but I reckon it was about 15 seconds before I actually sank to the bottom of that pool. Luckily, my friend's big brother, he saw what was going on. So he ran and he dived in the pool fully clothed. 
And he pulled me out and he sat me on the edge of the pool and I bawled my eyes out. My whole life had flashed before my eyes. Ooh, six years ago. <laughs> Didn't take long. And needless to say, I spent the rest of the afternoon just splashing around in the shallow end of the pool with these big yellow floaties <laughs> all over me. But the reason I tell you that story is because when I was in that moment, in the middle of that pool, there was literally nothing I could do to get myself out of that situation. I didn't have the strength. I didn't have the knowledge. I didn't have the skills. I didn't have the ability. I literally needed somebody else to notice me. I needed somebody else to come alongside of me and lift me up to a place of strength and safety. I didn't need somebody standing on the edge of the pool yelling out advice to me. I didn't need someone on the edge of the pool praying for God to send someone to help me. I needed someone to engage with me, to come alongside of me and to help me. And that is exactly what happens when you and I choose to sponsor a child. We're saying to these kids, I see you. I notice you. I recognize the pain and the struggle that you are in. And I'm not going to walk by, but I'm going to come alongside of you. I'm going to write letters to you. I'm going to pray for you. I'm going to financially support you. And I'm going to make sure that your life comes to a place of strength and safety. I want to finish today with a video. We can scroll through. Yeah, we're way past it. Yeah, we've done all that. Yeah, we've done that one. I want to finish with this video. This is a video of a, a young girl from the Philippines whose name is Eunice. And Eunice is just sharing her story of what sponsorship meant to her and, and how it changed her life. And she also mentions the letters that she gets from her sponsors and what it means for her to be able to write a letter and receive a letter from her sponsors. We can play the video, please. We moved to this place after my father lost his job. I live here with my family, my mom and dad, and all my brothers. I am the only daughter. Our home is built over a very dirty river. And when the storms happen, our home floods with water and garbage. This is a scary place when it gets dark. People get drunk and fight all the time. Even though I live in this place, I have been sponsored by Arlie and Nancy. I call them mom and dad. Although we are countries apart, I know they chose me. They tell me, Eunice, we remember you. We love you. You are like our own daughter. Because of my sponsors, I had the opportunity to go to the compassion program at the church in my neighborhood. For all these years, my sponsors and my church have helped me to receive better food and medicine. With the help of my sponsors, I will be able to work to help my own family. kids who are like me. I want them to feel the joy of having a sponsor, to get a letter that says, I love you. 
I want to serve the Lord and I won't stop serving Him because He does not stop loving me. There are children around the world waiting, waiting for a sponsor like you. Release a child from poverty in Jesus' name. What a great story. I love hearing Enisa's story. That story of from brokenness to wholeness. From lack to provision. From lost to found. All because somebody noticed her. Like she said, I know they have chosen me. And that means the world to these kids. For somebody to choose them. To notice them to engage in their world and to come alongside of them. And I think sponsoring a child, it costs $48 a month, which is a bit less than $1.60 a day. $1.60 a day to make sure that these kids receive food, clothing, education, medical care, dental care. And most importantly, they get enrolled in a holistic discipleship program. I know for me and my family, we've chosen to sponsor three children. We've got John and Princess in the Philippines and little Jose in Dominican Republic. And You know what it cost me to sponsor those three kids? It cost me less than $5 a day. Less than one cup of coffee. And the good news is, is I still have my cup of coffee every day. I mean, God's got a way of doing that, doesn't he? Where when we choose to step out and help others, he's got this way of increasing our capacity. And I'm just... Oh, that's my demo tape. It's available out of the table afterwards as well. But I'd like to give you an opportunity to consider sponsoring a child this morning. I know many of you do that already. So thank you. Thank you for your support. Thank you for helping those children. But who knows? Maybe you've got room for one more. One more family to eat from your table. One more family to come under the care and the protection that you could provide. I'd love to give you that opportunity and I'd love to give you an opportunity to write a letter to your sponsor child today. You don't have to, all the, have, to have all the details. We can find them for you. But why not take five minutes today to write a letter that will impact your sponsored child's life. It really doesn't take that long. But I'd love to give you an opportunity. And just so you know too, we have uh, a few children with me today. I've got 15 children today that are in desperate need of sponsorship. And some of them are a little bit older. Some of them like this guy, his name is Esteban. Esteban is from Peru and he's 18 years old. And so for Esteban to be needing a sponsor at 18 years old, that would mean that his previous sponsors have had to pull out for some reason. And so he's only got like two or three years left in the program before he's finished. So maybe some of you today, you, you might not want to do a 15 year journey, but you might like to help someone like Esteban with a two to three year journey just to finish well, to write letters with him, be encouraged and to let him know that he's been noticed in his struggle. 
So thank you, Vineyard Christian Church. You guys are amazing and have compassion. We love you and we pray for you all the time. Thank you so much, Church. Thank you, Pastor.